So when we think about planning for retirement, we don't want to plan for long-term care services. You know, nobody plans to go into a nursing home, but that is the unfortunate event that some people um, face because of health issues. Um, so you may have accumulated those assets. You may have those assets uh, set aside to take care of you the rest of your life. And then all of a sudden you find yourself or your spouse in a nursing home. And now all of a sudden you've got a problem. And so one of the things to be aware of is the average cost of care right now in Pennsylvania is a little more than 11,000 a month. Um, and that equals about 133,000 a year. So it, it gets very expensive. And if you find yourself in that situation, there are uh, spousal impoverishment rules that would allow a spouse to keep half of the countable assets. And uh, in addition to that, there are some legal allowances that we can help you take advantage of to protect that other half of the assets. So we really do like it when we talk to pre-planners um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about, well, what is pre-planning? But if you find yourself in that crisis situation and you have not pre-planned, there are still ways for us to help you. So I definitely would encourage you to call us and we can talk through your situation. The other thing that we're able to help you figure out is what's the different levels of care? So there's in-home care, assisted living, adult day programs, and then nursing home care. And they all have different levels um, depending on somebody's needs and different costs associated with them. And so that's one of the things that we um, spend a lot of our time here doing at the law firm is helping people who are in the situation where they need care, figure out what's the best type of service for me based on what I can afford, based on what benefits we'll pay for. Kyle said, I'm a long-term care planner. Now, oftentimes people will come here and think, oh, you sell long-term care insurance. And that's actually not the case. That's not really what, what we do here. So um, long-term care planning is really the process of looking at your assets in advance of a crisis and setting those assets aside and preserving, protecting them so that if you do find yourself in a nursing home, then those assets are protected and not available to pay for your care. Um, I'll have Landon talk a little bit more about the details of how that actually works. Um, but years ago, elder law firms were really reactionary. They were there to help people who were in crisis and they would do what they could to help them qualify for benefits. And really our law firm is, um, is very focused on the pre-planning. We are here for the crisis and you know, I spend probably 80% of my time working on those files. But really, um, we, we focus on, let's not get in crisis, let's plan in advance, let's have something in place where your house is protected, your money's protected, so that you have peace of mind and you don't have to worry about the what ifs. Um, Landon, you can talk a little bit more about what that actually means and the documents. Absolutely. And, and um and as we're talking about retirement, you know, long-term care does come up. I know it seems a little foreboding. And, and if you're thinking, well, I'm thinking about retirement. I don't want to skip that far ahead. I'm right there with you. I understand because as Tammy said, you know, you, no one wants to, to, to need that level of care or plan for it. But um, what we want to stress is that it's never too late to get started on that. But the earlier, the better. Because um, one of the ways to transfer assets or, or to protect assets 
is through the use of um, an irrevocable trust, which is a way in which you can set property to the side to be held for the benefit of beneficiaries down the road. But while the property's in this trust, then they're off the table. And if you were to need nursing home care down the road, you're, they're not going to be able to require that you use that to pay for care before you could qualify for assistance to do it. Um, and so when you're thinking about what assets you would, you would, that would be available for care or, or what would be best to protect, think about access and protection as a, as a sliding scale. So as the more access you have to an asset, easiest example, checking account, you can reach in there, do whatever you want, move money around, go on vacation, whatever you want to do with that money, it's yours. You absolutely can. So access is as high as you can possibly go, which means that protection is at zero. If you can reach in there to that checking account and use it in any way you want, then if you need a nursing home care, then they can expect that you use that account to pay the bill. If you can use it to if you can use it to have fun, you can use it to pay them. So what a trust can do or what some of the, the various um, pre-planning options can do is allow you to set that money to the side and customize your access to it. So there are types of trusts where you can have access to the income that's generated from an invested asset. So that way, think about that sliding scale again. You know, you, you don't have, you may not have full access to everything that, that would come out of there like you would a checking account. But if you've got passive investments out there, um, maybe, you know, outside of your retirement plans, there's, there's money that you've had invested that you're just taking dividends and interest anyway. You can have access to that. But then since if you're giving up, if you're giving up access to any part of it, your protection would increase because only what you have access to would be available to pay for care. Um, so going, so one of the things that, that Tammy and I do when we work in tandem um, with somebody is we're looking, where we look at your assets and say, all right, right now, what is your, um, what is your exposure to pay for the cost of care? And based on that number, we can know um, if you were to need nursing home care right now, here's how much would be available to pay for it. And now depending on your age and health, again, every plan is different. And with all estate planning documents, it's very important that whoever you're working with is working with you to make sure that there's a plan that works for your particular circumstances, because a cookie cutter plan that just anyone could print off the internet is just that. It's made to work for a cookie cutter situation, but people aren't sweet dessert treats. So life is complicated and it's not always going to be the same for everyone. And, um, so when, when we're meeting with somebody, we're going to be looking at what's available now. How much money do you use to live right now? What is your current lifestyle? Because if you come in before the crisis hits, the goal would be to protect what you can comfortably protect now while maintaining your standard of living for as long as you can. Again, going back to that, enjoy your retirement. Just because we're talking about long-term care now doesn't mean that just when you retire, this is, you know, this is the next step and this is what we need to think about. No, no, no. But the idea is that you go ahead and have the stage set. So that way, if the crisis does hit, there's a lot that can be saved. And there's, a, there's, there's um, already a plan in place to make that transition easier when the time comes. Again, it's about empowerment. You don't have to completely 
spend down everything, all that money that you've, you know, going back to the idea of the retirement plans, all of that money that you saved that uh, all these years, if one of, if you or your spouse gets sick, it doesn't have to all be gone. So the idea is that, that you can, um, there's multiple, multiple ways to do it. Um, trust are only one of them, but there, there are options that you have that, uh, can, can set the stage for, for if something were to happen down the road. Could you expand a bit more on the spousal rule where you can protect half of your assets? So uh, under the Medicaid rules, um, certain assets count and certain assets do not count. So the first is really establishing the countable assets. Now the non-countable uh, list is, is small. So I'll go through that first. That would be your primary residence. So that's not countable. We don't have to get an appraisal of that. It's not gonna be part of the calculation. Um, the spouse who does not need nursing home care, their retirement accounts are exempt. So those are non-countable. And then the highest valued vehicle you have is non-countable. So if you have multiple vehicles, you don't have to sell them. We do have to value though uh, the vehicles and that would be part of the countable except the highest valued one. And um, irrevocable burials, cemetery plots, and certain life, some life insurance policies that don't have cash value, those are not countable. So that list is pretty small. Everything else, um, the person who needs nursing home care, their retirement accounts, any bank accounts, any investment accounts, any life insurance that has cash value, any property other than your primary residence, that's all part of countable. And so I'll give you an example to, to make it easier to understand. Let's say that that number is $300,000. Your spouse who's living at home can keep either half of it or up to a maximum. And so in Pennsylvania, that maximum a spouse could keep is 130,000. So in my example, if you had 300,000, they can't keep 150, they can only keep 130,000. And then the rest of that, after we deduct out 130,000, that's all subject to a spend down. And what that means is that if you applied for Medicaid benefits, they're not gonna pay for your care until that spend down is met. That's $170,000. So you'd be private pay. With that, um, the legal allowances that I talked about, there are some ways that we can protect that $170,000 so that you as the spouse at home can keep all of it. We do have to take action pretty quickly after admission because if uh, you're private pay, you are obligated to private pay until we get our work done. Um, so, so that's how the, the spousal impoverishment works. Now, if you had, let's say you only had uh, $100,000 in countable assets, then the spouse can keep half of it. So in that situation, 50,000, and then the other 50,000 is subject to the spend down. So again, we can help protect that other half. Um, but as Landon talked about earlier, the estate planning documents, they're very important because if you came to us and your estate planning documents do not allow certain powers, we may not be able to help you. We may have to go to court for guardianship uh, in order to protect assets. So you know, having those foundational documents are so important to anything that life throws at you because Landon and I have found ourselves in situations where we're waiting on a court hearing for three months 
And in the meantime, somebody has spent $30,000 in nursing home care that we could have otherwise protected if they had a simple power of attorney that's less than $500. And I appreciate you pointing that out, Tammy, because earlier I did talk about estate planning documents, but all estate planning documents are not created equal. I cannot stress that enough. Um, and so it's not in so... Um, it's not only important to have powers of attorney and just, but just because something says a power of attorney and it has the legal notice on the front that's required to be there, doesn't mean that what's in there is gonna be everything that you need. So it's important that you're working with a firm that you trust to know what they're doing that does this specific area of law, because especially over the last few decades, this area of law, as Tammy mentioned earlier, is not as reactive anymore. It's very proactive and, it's, and, and in that transition, has become a more and more specialized field. So there's not many law, law offices out there that, that will tell you that they can't do a power of attorney. But whether or not they should is a, is a conversation for another time because if somebody is incapacitated and they come to us in that crisis, and I have a meeting next week at, at one of our offices where this is going to be the case, unfortunately, I, I'll, I'll explain the plan that we could be able to do and then say, but we don't have the power to do it because the power of attorney is not good. So I've got to go to court. Um, and that's going to take time. It's going to take money. So, you know, price shopping at the very beginning, looking for the cheapest. Look, I, you know, I shop at Walmart too, but I wouldn't do it for estate planning documents and I wouldn't do it for surgery because these are very specialized things. So, um, you know, when, when you're looking at your, your documents or you're thinking about this, keep that, keep that in mind as, as, as you think about it, because, not all, it's not, not all created equal.